At Marshalls, our buyers hustle to get you great deals on great gifts. Cashmere sweater, nice. You'll get brand name quality gifts for everyone on your list and yourself too. Hello, designer fragrance. More brands, more quality, more gifts for less. At Marshalls, gift the good stuff. And welcome to another episode of Pop Screen, part of the Geek Show Podcast Network, where the corner of the Geek Show that likes to look at the good, the bad, and the preposterous of movies, either starring about or by pop stars. You know, the podcast covers such a broad range of musical and cinematic genres, from country and western to hip-hop, from documentaries to science fiction. I'm your host, Graham Williamson. I'm a film critic for the Geek Show, and I write for horrified.com, the British Hobble website. I've been joined this week by Gav Smith. Hey, Gav, where can people find you? They can find me at the My Favourite Film podcast, uh, which on Twitter is at My Favourite Film. I also write for The Geek Show. Uh, a few film reviews gone up there recently, and I'm sure there'll be more in the future. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> An epic science fiction story about Matthew McConaughey abandoning his kids to go down the wormhole. No, of course not. <laughs> this week's film is Interstellar 5555, the five Tori of the five Ypres, five Tar, five Istum. Look, <laughs> put the numbers in, you're asking for it. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's an anime designed as a visual accompaniment to Daft Punk's landmark 2001 album, Discovery, developed alongside the album. The band travelled to Tokyo every month to supervise production, meaning climate change is basically their fault. <laughs> And That's where they wear the helmets. Yeah, so they're not recognised <laughs> by angry mobs. Spot on. Uh, this, was, this was something that I was certainly happy to cover, but it was something that you pitched us, wasn't it, Gav? It was, it was yeah. yeah. So is it, is it through, I can think of three reasons, is it through a love of Daft Punk, a love of anime, or you just can't wait for James Cameron to give us more blue space people? <laughs> All three. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, love Daft Punk, uh, always have. Um, Homework was uh, an album that I played on a loop when it first came out. Yeah. Um, when Discovery came out, you know, that first song that they released from it one more time, which is the first song on the the, the album and the film, Yeah, uh, was just such a, I guess it's the time of year, the time it was in my life, you know, I was sort of, I think it was my early, well, very, very early 30s. Mm. Uh, I think I was single at the time, so clubs were beckoning and whatever else. And this was the music that was on. So it, it kind of filled my head from that point in time. Um, and I think then I saw the video on it. Mm. It was probably, it's probably MTV. Um, and it just took me back to my youth. Uh, the animation style is like, I don't know if you remember it. There was an old cartoon series called Battle for Planets. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. was... The Americanized version of oh, Gatchaman. Mm. Um, effectively, all they did was they took the original Gatchaman cartoons and they dubbed them in American accents over the top and changed the whole stories. 
Yeah. Um, probably very similar to what we did with Magic Roundabout back in the day when we took the French animation and stuck yeah, English never, words over the top. <laughs> I've never really thought of the Magic Roundabout as an anime pioneer, but now you mention oh, yeah, it. it. Yeah, definitely that is. makes it sense. Definitely is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the animation style is is exactly the same as that. Yeah. And it took me back to, you know, early 80s, sitting in Saturday morning watching cartoons, and it was just, yeah, I want to watch all this. Um, and I thought it was just, they've just a nice cartoon for the first song, you know, as a video, because mm. Daft Punk don't like to be in their videos. They don't like to be seen. They yeah. hide behind their masks and their helmets and whatever else. But then, of course, they released Aerodynamics straight afterwards. And mm. then I heard there was a film as well. So I was like, oh, I've got to find that. Um, they never get the chance to see it at the cinema. Mm. Um, I don't think it got a very big cinema release, to be honest. No, I remember seeing it uh, advertised at the time side. But um, yeah, that's about the limit of it, yeah, as far as I can remember. I picked it up on, on DVD as soon as I could. Mm. Um, and just just brilliant. It blew, blew me away the fact that they'd managed to create this really cohesive story that fits into every song on the album in some way yeah um and they do the whole thing without any words at mm. all because the only words in it are the, the song lyrics and yeah most of their of that funk songs don't have lyrics there's an awful lot of instrumental in this so the fact that you can then tell a story that you can actually understand fully without any lyrics at all is is just amazing yeah yeah, I mean, not only then is there no dialogue, there's also very few sound effects. The soundtrack to Interstellar 5555 yeah. is basically someone puts on the album Discovery, and that's yeah. it. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's. Uh, I think the only sound effects you hear other than the normal albums, if the album was on, is uh, cars. Yeah. You get the occasional car noise as they screech tyres around things, uh, occasional explosion. Um, well, that's pretty much it. The rest of it is just the album. Yeah. Um, and it's, I don't know, uh, there's, there's something about this album. I, I mean, if you if you listen to this album, it's just, it's one of those ones you can just put on and you can just listen to it all the way through. It's got upbeat, it's got downbeat, and it's got a consistent kind of beat that goes the whole way through. There is a, a thud <laughs> that you hear all the way through it that's just there on every song, yeah. It's funny, yeah, going back to it um, for this, because I, I did love the album when it came out. I mm. haven't listened to it in a while, and part of the fun of this film was just, like, listening to it again, thinking, yeah. oh, God, yeah, Discovery's a really great album. <laughs> it is. But it is. I, I, I remember, and I checked on uh, Wikipedia and found that this was the case, and my memory wasn't cheating. I remember that... Although it was very popular, it had this really yeah. divided critical reception, which I yeah. think was because Daft Punk had come out with homework and that yes. was cutting-edge house stuff. It was, was cutting-edge sonically. Yeah. Yeah. It was cutting-edge in terms yeah. of how they made it. It was produced yeah. at their home, hence the title, yeah. at a time when that was a very rare thing for a band to yeah. do. Yeah. And then they come out with this new album a few years later, which is highly mm. anticipated, but it seems to be it is deliberately experimenting with sounds that are very yeah. uncool. Like it must yeah. be, it must be the only house album of its generation to include a Barry Manilow sample. I'm pretty confident of that. Yes. Yes, I think you, you can guarantee that one would have thought, yeah. Yes. I mean, it, it, 
I guess, I mean, they call it house music, but it's not quite the house music that you would have expected to hear at that time. Mm. It's not the same. It's a much more mellow house music than most of the stuff that was around. It's um, more disco it, inflected, isn't it? Yeah. As well, yeah. Yeah. It, and it's a long way away from uh, homework from that point of view as well, which then, mm. you know, REM that came out later is, again, it's another step away from that. Yeah. Where you've got, you know, you've got proper singers on it. You've got Pharrell Williams singing along there. And it's, it's a very different type of album again. Um, but it's, I don't know. I will always go back to this one. Um, yeah. You say, you, you, you know, that you've been a while since you listened to it. I probably would put this on. It'll go on in the car. Oh, and my long journeys to work, it'll probably hit my, my stereo every, every month or so. One yeah. listen through. It's just one of those albums that I'm quite happy to drive to because it's just, just nice to drive to. Yeah, and I also thought it's just got a deep bench of stuff. Like, I remember the singles um, mm. because everyone remembers the singles. Yeah. But yeah. there's stuff in there like Verity Quall, which is oh, yes. like, like Daft Punk trying to do Jeff Wayne's War of yeah. the Worlds or yeah. something. It's incredible. Uh, Loads of songs that it, you forget. Yeah, and that one, it, that's that's not dance music. It, Anyway, no. it's not what you'd expect to hear at a, you know a rave or something. It's just it's just a yeah. really nice mellow tune, and it in the film it's used at a, a perfect point. Yeah, um, the 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 sort of visuals that go along with it is just fantastic at that point. Um, yeah, is it worth getting into the plot of it because it's it's a I don't think it's too thin a plot. I think it's a plot that is crafted well to the restrictions yeah. that the film has. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you could you, we could go through it song by song, and you could kind of go through the whole story and how it fits to each song if you really want to. But it depends on how in depth you want to go. <laughs> well, if you feel like you can do a song by song, because uh, one of the first episodes of Pop Screen I did was uh, an analysis of Holy Motors, where we went through it and analysed every single weird character Denis Levant is playing. So if we can, if we can do that, we can do this. I'll give it a try. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it opens with uh, one more time. Yeah. As the album does. In fact, it actually opens with um, Matsumoto, uh, who's the supervising director and was the in charge of the animation house that was making ah, it, and kind of yes. little black and white film, yeah. talking about his his dream to bring this to life. I guess um, yeah. it's, it's a very short piece. It's kind of interspersed with the, the titles that are coming up at the start. Uh, it's very grainy, and you just get subtitles over the bottom. Mm. Um, and then you kind of get fired off into space and you get this wonderful, this anime, it's kind of classic anime in that they, they use as few frames as possible. Mm. So the animation is repeating the, fra the same frames over and over again, or characters don't actually move. They're not animated. They just move through the scene, which is, is it doesn't affect the way it looks. It makes it look, different and i suppose it makes it look beautiful in its own way um but it's certainly not you know it's not a disney production of any sort the, the quality there is a very different type of animation quality yeah um, yeah it's like western animation particularly in the classic era of disney and tex avery is based on a kind of stretchiness and fluidity whereas yeah. japanese animation is almost like 
as I suppose it's because it is derived from manga, isn't it? The yeah. sense of it, it like blasting from splash frame to splash frame yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it starts then in space at a rock concert of some sort where a band who I don't think are named. I was going to ask you that. They never are, are they? No. No. They obviously later on, they're the, uh, how do you pronounce it? Crescent Dolls. Yeah, I guess is probably the pronunciation, which is one of the songs we'll get on to later. That's what they are when they appear as their new incarnations, which we'll get to as we mm. go through. So we see this band in, in space um, playing a gig, effectively, and they're playing one more time. Mm. And we're introducing... Obviously, they've got no names. There's no character names here. We're just introduced to the four members of the band. You see the four members of the band. So there's the, the hip rock guitarist who's the singer. Mm. There's the cool chick guitarist um, who's the, the, bassist, the sort of yes. the bassist, yeah. yeah. And then we've got the, the cool guy on the, the keyboards because they're all cool. And then the weird looking one on the drums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never really thought of that as a cinematic drummer <laughs> joke, but you're right. Um, but that's, that's the band. Um, and they're all blue skinned, as you said. So mm-hmm. they are extras from Avatar. Yeah. Uh, and they're singing this one more time to probably the biggest crowd that there could be and everyone's yeah. bopping along and everyone's having a great time and they're all blue and uh, everyone pretty much looks the same as either the singer, the guitarist, the bass player rather, uh, or the keyboard player or the, the drummer in some way. The young so lucky the ones have a resemblance to the drummer, yeah. yeah. Normally there seems to be a lot of children around in the audience who look very much like the drummers. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but they're um, playing away uh, and we get one more time all the way through, and it's just it's brilliant. And towards the end of it, we see a spaceship appearing mm. uh, in space, and that leads us to the the bell chimes, which symbolise the start of aerodynamic. Oh man, aerodynamic! Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And they're it's also the one the... that I associate most with this album. Yeah. I just love that song so much. Oh, it's brilliant. And what's I suppose. A great thing about this is the end titles, if you bother watching all the way end, there's a lovely remix of Aerodynamic on the end. So their yeah. longer version is stuck on at the end, which is quite nice to listen to if you do get to that point. And um, that doesn't exist anywhere else, does it? I was oh, unaware of it coming you out. You can't. Uh, uh, they did. There was an album that came out, a very limited release one called Daft Club. Right. Which came out just after Discovery, which is remixes ah. from of, of Discovery. And that remix appears on that. Okay. Sorry, I'm a bit of a geek. That's good. That's what <laughs> this that's podcast is for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you, you can get it elsewhere. But it's, it's, a, it's a longer and it's a slightly different version of Aerodynamic. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think, I'm pretty sure it then goes back into One More Time and it's ending. Mm. so you get it going it, it's the two songs do fit together nicely and the way it yeah. works it goes back into one more time towards the end of it so it's uh, an interesting one but the the, cla- the bell chime is basically the klaxon saying that we're, we're under attack yeah so we now get the the alien race that just come down in their sheaths and their army to, to take the band away mm. is the basic point and it's that whole beat of aerodynamic is is the war effectively, or they they're marching through the the stadium to catch the band and take them away, yeah. uh, gassing everyone in sight. 
because that's how they get them. They gas the whole of the planet, effectively. Mm. <laughs> Much like Daft did when they single-handedly caused climate change <laughs> with their flight to Tokyo. Every other week, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's what's going on there. This mm. This whole song is just that. And it ends with the band being put into... I guess sort of science fiction status pods. They're kind of like the the things from Alien, aren't they? At the start yeah. of Alien, where they all wake up in these little pods. They're like those. Yeah, yeah. and uh, including their instruments because they have a really big pod. They put the drum kit in, and all of the the guitars and everything else gets put in this big pod, and they go off into space into a spaceship that looks very much like a whale. Mm, yeah, um, it's it's a very odd looking spaceship. Um, and at the last minute, one of the security guards who looks suspicious like the drummer, because the weird guys all do look the same in this, uh, <laughs> sends off a distress signal. The distress signal being, being oh, it's video I can show it, being that. Ah, yes. The uh, kind of neon guitar thing, yeah. right? Yeah. Which is the ship of the guy who then sings Digital Love. Yeah, he's he's called Shep, which makes me think... Oh, did you get a name? Where did you uh, find that? The, there is a synopsis on Wikipedia that has some All names. Right. It's got some details that, having watched the film, I would actually quibble a bit with, but it's, yeah. I, I see no reason to doubt that he is called Shep, and he is indeed an obedient puppy dog. <laughs> so, well, he is, know. isn't he? Yeah, I, it works. See, I always took it that he, he obviously knows the band it's not just that he's a fan mm. um and he must be something for this distress call to be sent out and happen to be the same shape as the ship that he happens to be in yeah there's got to be a connection there um and later on when he does rescue the band which obviously we'll get into they recognize him they know who he is mm. um but we get this um digital love which is a, a great song it's one of the most mellow songs on the whole album yeah. Um, and he's singing that whilst he's polishing the outside of his spaceship. <laughs> yeah, which isn't a euphemism. <laughs> no, it's not. Not at all. It's actually what he's doing. Yeah. Um, uh, he has a bit of a dream sequence as part of that, where he meets up with the, the bassist of the band, and then he gets the distress call and tracks down the, the whale space, the whale ship, the whale spaceship. The, the ship the, of the, the, the guys, yeah. Yeah. Um, Digital Love is kind of interesting as a song because in some ways yeah. it's the furthest away from that house sound that they had on Homework. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it goes furthest into the kind of soft rock end of the inspirations for the album. But it was also one of the biggest hits and I found out a lovely fact about it while I was Ooh, researching go this. Go on. You know the uh, keyboard break in it that sounds very much like Dreamer by Supertramp? Yes. That was played on the actual Wurlitzer that Supertramp used to use. Wow. So that's why it sounds like it then. That's why yeah. it really sounds like Supertramp, yeah. Wow, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense as well, actually, because it does sound very like it, yeah. So I thought it was a sample, to be honest. I think... Uh, rather they, than something yeah, played. Yeah, 
The you... bands have said that a lot of people, there are plenty of samples on the record, as we said. Oh, yeah. It's the band yeah. Manilow sample, but they, they've said a lot of people seem to think there are more samples than there actually are because I guess the instruments are such precise recreations of these kind of nostalgic yeah. disco and soft rock sounds that they're interested in here. Yeah. And this one's a, there's a sample from um, I Love You More by George Duke is what's used as the baseline for this, for digital love. It's like the, the, the sort of chords that started off the chords that yeah. just rise and don't really yeah. sort of resolve. Yeah. That's where it's from. Yeah. Yeah. There's an interesting sample on One More Time, actually, which they only got sorted out recently. Um, right. It's from, it's a quite an obscure disco record called More Spell on You by Eddie Johns. And there was a very good and quite sad Los Angeles Times article about the struggle, you know, they had that he had to actually get the payment for that because after yeah. his recording career crashed, he'd... Uh, he lived a very difficult life. He was homeless for a lot of it. So, right, you know, it, it gets to that point where it's like, it's one thing to sample Barry Manilow and you can just find Barry Manilow's yeah. publishing company. Absolutely, but how do you yeah. get the money to a guy who's living on the streets, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird, because uh, obviously I've, I'm looking at my, my notes here and it's got all the samples of all the songs that are sort of on there. Yeah. And One More Time has nothing about samples. So I guess at the time of this film's release... They, they weren't even saying we'd sampled anything on that song. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it literally, literally, all it has down for that song is vocals performed by... Um, Rome Anthony, isn't it? Oh, it does say Rome Anthony, yeah. Rome yeah. Anthony, yeah. And that, that's it. Um, so, yeah. It's a good article. Uh, definitely read that if you get the chance. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to have a look, yeah. Um, so that's Digital Love, um, which finishes with... Shep, as we now know he's called. Old Shep, yeah. <laughs> yeah, old Shep, getting the, the call, the, the signal, and going after this, this whale spaceship, um, which passes through a strange spinning square in space, which mm. I guess is the way through to the other side of the, the five erit five terrestrial system. <laughs> I can't say it the way you did, I'm sorry. Um, it's the way of getting out of the secret star system and back to our star system. Yeah. Um, because the whale ship basically comes to Earth, or certainly what looks like it could be Earth. Um, and we go into harder, better, faster, stronger, which is far more into that whole house sound that we're used to from Daft Punk. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Which is certainly the one that everyone probably knows from the album as much as aerodynamic and one more time it's yeah the one that was used in a countless videos of different things to do stuff it's I the one it, that Kanye West tore the ass out of for stronger yeah, um, absolutely big yeah. big salute uh was it Simon Reynolds the music writer who said that uh you you listen to stronger by Kanye West and all you could think of is that Daft Punk song's really good <laughs> yeah <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this one is the one that, uh, so now we, we've basically, we've got to Earth. Mm. Uh, we've kind of seen a mysterious figure at some points during it, who was obviously the leader of these, I don't know, the aliens that he's sending to, to get these bands. Um, yeah. But we now have the whole band taken from their 
status pods and into some sort of great machine. Um, so the whole beat of harder, better, faster, stronger is about them being transformed from their alien mm -hmm. beings to humans, uh, including painting their bodies. Um, That's quite a nice touch, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. I don't quite know how it works. Obviously, they, they paint their bodies. They, they leave all their underwear on. It has to be noted at this point. So although they take off all of their clothes and their underwear is left intact. This is a PG no... certificate film. Absolutely. And there'll be there's... none of that stuff. Yeah, there's no nakedness in this at all. Um, uh, all of the the band are very well, very well built, let's just say, uh, in this, this animation section, including the weird looking uh, drummer. He's got quite a six pack on him, it has to be said. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things, isn't it, that if they're going to be a major pop band, they're going to get some groupies. And what are they going to think when they undress and find <laughs> that they have like bright blue genitals? Yes. Um, although it does, a, it, well, possibly it does yeah. appear though when the, the paint things splash at them, they do seem to seep around. Yes, that's so true. So maybe it seeps underneath their um, their underwear. It's, it's, um, I think whenever you have a flaw like this in a science fiction movie, you just say it's nanites, don't you? It's yes. like, yeah, that, that'll work. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody yeah. actually understands that stuff and it can just do anything. Yeah. There's some, some lovely sequences this though, where they, um, because they wipe their brains. Mm -hmm. um, so we have this wonderful bit where they're, they're showing memories of each of the band members as children in space. Yeah. And they then adapt them to become what they would have been if they're on Earth. So they've got them flying through space on hover bikes or whatever else. Yeah. And then suddenly they're on, they're on a little tricycle running through the cornfields. Um, and crucially, their original memories are saved on a disc that is put to one side whilst all this is happening. And that's yeah. a crucial plot point that we will come back to at the end. We will, yes. <laughs> we will. Um, so, yeah, they, they wipe their brains. They, they just all of their memories, make all of their memories fit to this new home human persona. So when they wake up, they believe they have always been on Earth and mm. that they're a band called the Crescent Dolls. Because... Yeah, a bit Philip K. Dick, isn't it? The idea of screen yeah. memories. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is, isn't it? It's very, uh, yeah. what is it? Uh, total Recall, I guess. Yeah, to yeah. a certain point of view. Um, or we'll remember it for you wholesale, which I think was the name of the original. Yes, it was. Story. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, being able to store their memories on these discs and whatever else. Yeah, Crescent Dolls then is the um, the big song. Well, it's not mm -hmm. a big song. It's a, it's a chant more than anything else. You get all this wonderful chanting noise going on, mm -hmm. uh, which is because it's their introduction to the the Earth audience, um, they're actually playing one more time because they show that loads of times that that's what they're singing, but we're mm. hearing Crescent Dolls in the background. Um, the car even turns up with Crescent Dolls as the license plate and things like that. Um, yeah. I guess they called them that just because it happened to fit that the first time they come up, it happens to be that track that's um, going to be played, so that sounds like a good enough name. Well, I don't know how... It's symbiotic as far as I can tell. They were thinking about this stuff while they were recording the album, right. so it's possible that it was called Crescent Dolls because that's what they always wanted yeah. to, to call the band. But call who the knows? band, yeah. 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 It's, it's really difficult that, to work out what's going on. Um, but Crescent Dolls is their introduction to, to the world, and we get them 
there. We see them on stage playing their song. Um, at the same time, our fallen spaceman um, has he well he crash landed much earlier. He's now getting his way through the city and trying to get to where they are. Yeah. Um, and he manages to get the band other than the bass player out of the stadium where they are having their debut performance effectively yes. um so he, he saves everyone all the men of the band um in a little car and drives off so this um, is the, when we're seeing the Crescent Dolls introduced a bit earlier, though. Yeah. This is where I have I have a bone to pick with Wikipedia. Go on, yeah. Go on. They say that the names of the band characters are Octave, the keyboardist, Arpeggius, mm -hmm. the guitarist, Stella, okay. the bassist, and Babel, the drummer. <laughs> which fair enough <laughs> is great, but. I, you know, those are the names that are displayed when they're the Crescent Dolls. Those names come up in advertising uh, yeah, for do, the Crescent yeah. Dolls. And it's like, that can't be their actual names because I feel like kidnapping a famous band in order to pretend to be a different famous band is already a plan that is fraught with potential pitfalls. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Getting them to do it under their actual name seems to me to be really suicidally stupid. But I suppose they, they, they've built it up in the fact that, you know, they've travelled through some strange interdimensional yeah. rift in space and time and whatever else yeah. to get to Earth from wherever it is they've come from. Um, and in the fact that they've wiped their memories in this, um, to wipe their memories and change their name would become quite problematic as well, I would have thought. By changing their memories the way they have, uh, I guess they're just not changing their names in it, so they've got the same name all the way through it. Possibly it works probably that way. Probably a plot that is not worth examining in it's this kind of detail not. in no, a lot of ways, no. really, isn't it? Yeah. It's one of those things. I mean, it has got a really good plot, and I would, I would, it would be nice to see this film with uh, words put to it, so an actual mm. script. Yeah. Actually... The, you know they're, they're speaking and you've got things you can pick it all up anyway without it but it would yeah. be interesting to see it as a a proper anime i suppose with them talking and hearing all the story and whatever else yeah 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 so this that is over, over that section what you've got two songs haven't you over the section where he rescues them you've got yeah. night vision which is yeah. like a, a really pretty short interlude it is really um, short yeah 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 uh, and then it's it's superheroes, isn't it? When yes. he rescues them, yeah, yeah. Um, he rescues them, but is immediately shot. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. uh, in the rescue attempt, is uh, shot through the back of his chair, um, mm. and we see his his green blood dripping on the the car as they still manage to escape. Um, I think that's pretty much it for that. Those two songs basically because they're both fairly shortish songs really superheroes mm. and night vision um so you get them being rescued taken away uh everyone but stella as it appears she's now called according to wikipedia yeah fair enough um who 
then goes into High Life, uh, and High Life is about her being shown off, I suppose, by our a media mogul. Does he get a name in Wikipedia? He is. He, according to Wikipedia, he glories under the name Earl de Darkwood. Um, ah, do- yes, of course he is. There it's is Darkwood. a matter they go to, isn't it? Yeah. 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 But later on, yeah, of course he's Earl de Darkwood. Yeah, he does get a name. You're right. <laughs> It's it's difficult to see where that all comes from at, at that this point in time because you don't get that till later yeah, on. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. If there was a version of the film with um, words in it, mm. you'd obviously get all of that information would be coming up as yeah. you're watching it, and you'd know who they all were. Um, yes, yeah, so highlights about her being shown off. Um, at the same time, the rest of the band, minus our spaceman Shep, mm. are going to save her. So they save her in a taxi yeah, and manage to get her back to their hideout, wherever that happens to be. Yeah. Kind of in a back street somewhere with some odd people hanging around, um, which leads us into uh, something about us, which is another one of the, the singles that I think mm-hmm. got an awful lot of play and everyone will probably know something about us. It's another yes. really slow one. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a bit, it's a bit like digital love. Um not the same type of sound um it's the sort of thing where i always feel like with something about us if you took away some of the more like eccentric sounds particularly the vocoder which of course is a a thing that daft punk always always use but it could be like the slow one on an early michael jackson album couldn't it it's got a bit of human nature or libby yeah 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 yeah, I mean it's it's a a lovely song, and it, the the visuals that go with it. Um, I don't know. They're trying to tell you this story that there's something more between Shep and Stella, I suppose. Yeah. Um, he manages to he touches her hand and takes her into some crazy dream world where they're floating in space, as they were in the digital love video at the start. Yeah. Um, but obviously, this is his this is his death scene, effectively. He doesn't get a big shout in the film, to be honest. That's it. He's he's gone. Two songs yeah. and he's out. Uh, <laughs> so we, we lose our spaceman at that point. Um, hmm. I'm just trying to think now what goes on. So, well, this is this is where there, there is a grace note at this point that I think is fantastic, where he shows the band their old identities and he finally breaks their hypnotic conditioning by using a hologram that shows them not themselves but like little marionette versions of themselves that's it yeah and I thought that was so great and I was thinking how would that look in live action and I thought it would be kind of like if someone hypnotized a Marvel actor and then they took him (laughs) into HMV and he saw all these Funko pops in front of him shit it's me and then I thought I'd like to see your film where that actually happens, to be yeah. honest. Because <laughs> it's they don't look an awful lot like in the little marionettes. No. They, they are just they are like mini Funko Pops, actually. They've got that kind of round head shape and whatever else. They bouncing all look around. a bit like Babel, I think, in this yes, version yes. of themselves. Yes, they do. Um that obviously, as you say, it breaks their hypnotic trance. Um and we go into Voyager as they travel to Darkwood Manor because yes. the shape of the I think it's the shape of the hologram happens to match the shape of the 
mountains that Darkwood Manor is on because they kind of flick from the hologram to those mountains. Ah, yes, yeah. Um, and it's again, I think it's one of the other places where you hear a different sound effect because you get the sound of rain here because they're in the rain. So as well as car screeching noises, yeah. we've got rain sounds that aren't on the album. Um, and Voyages, their journey to Darkwood hmm. Manor. And then, yeah, and then Verdis Quo mm. is them finding out the story of the Earl of Darkwood. Yeah. Basically. Now, there's a lot yeah. to unpack here. Um, there is. There's loads goes on here. This is like most of the plot of the film happens Absolutely. during Verdis Quo. Absolutely. Because yeah. this is not the first band this has happened to. <laughs> no. We go through, and I don't know, there's similarities certainly to every single artist they show here and probably real artists mm. and i'm sure that the people making it knew exactly who they were trying to show that this was but yeah i'm not 100 sure from seeing them um but basically you see aliens from all over the star systems mm. being stamped to become humans and look like artists that we may we may know or may not know i'm not sure yeah yeah and there's, there's a like, big storyline going on. Yeah, there, there's a sort of weird human sacrifice element to it as well, <laughs> but, which made, made me wonder a bit if it seems to have faded away now because every yeah. mental person on the internet's into QAnon. <laughs> but um, <laughs> like about ten years ago, there was a big thing in nutter circles about mind-controlled pop stars. And when I was watching this, I did sort of think, did they just watch Interstellar 5555 and mistake it for a documentary? Because this is a this is a bit uncanny that this is happening in here. Yeah, yeah. Cause it starts it starts really early. It's because they start with a, a child genius pianist. Yeah. In what looks like very, very long 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 ago before music was ever recorded it was just playing in concert halls yeah um but they obviously show him being richly sacrificed into the volcano at the heart of darkwood manor i guess it is i guess um, yeah yeah uh and there's the whole thing about five 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 comes out at the end of this mm. with each page of the book seems to show you different things because they're they're basically flicking through a book which is titled Verdis Quo yeah. on the front of it. Um, and each bit gives them a bit more on five, 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 five. Was that enough fives? That's I think that's the correct number yeah. of fives, yeah. <laughs> is world domination or universal domination, I think. Yes. Um so and this final band that he has got together, the Crescent Dolls, is that final sacrifice that is going to finally give him domination over everything. Um, so we've got, like I say, as you say, an awful lot of stories lot. unpacked yeah. at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. An awful lot. <laughs> it's interesting, um, too, because it, it never struck me before I watched this, but there's something odd that around this exact time in 2001, you've also got Damon Albarn launching Gavillas, which is also yeah. a sort of satire on manufactured pop yeah. using animated yeah. characters and science fiction devices yeah. and things. Yeah, something in the air at this point, wasn't the, there? There must have been, mustn't there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just never really thought of that that there was this that's such a link between them i yeah. guess because 
Gorillas was Gorillas was far more in your face at this point from a mm. point of view of that animated and commercial band becoming an animated band, whatever. Um, yeah, this was just kind of behind the scenes, and Daft Punk were already a band that we knew existed. So yeah, yeah, but yeah, there's certainly something there. The storyline's very similar, isn't it? I suppose. My main memory of Gorillas around that time is that I'm pretty sure they did actually try and release their first singles, Incognito, and then yeah. like ev- everyone heard Tomorrow Comes Today and said, is that Damon Albarn's voice? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Absolute yeah. hiding to nothing, really. It's like absolutely. It at least sort of kidnap your musicians from another galaxy if you're going to make an animated <laughs> band. I mean... Well, yeah. And I mean, certainly when Clint Eastwood came out, it was even more obvious that that was Damon Albarn that was singing it. Yeah, can't be um, anyone else. Yeah. There, there was just no way anyone was going to think anything other. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Still a great idea. Still going now. So, they're still Absolutely. doing well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's making his money. <laughs> um, <laughs> that leads into uh, Short Circuit. Which, which is a crazy is... song. I'd forgotten how weird that sounded. Yeah. Um, but that's they're now going to catch or they, they basically all these aliens I think we've seen at the start mm. um, are now the cult that live underneath the manor mm. big robes and things looking like monks um, they're bouncers that have been looking after the Crescent Dolls when they sort of appeared are there Mm. Um, they're still working for them and this is the capturing of Stella because it's only really Stella he needs to sacrifice to whatever it is he's sacrificing them to mm. this strange powerful tower that has um, what look like platinum discs <laughs> yes, <laughs> all yeah. the way up it quite a phallic image to be honest mm. um, with the, all the discs in the top of it and whatever else but uh, uh, he, he sacrifices her to the the gods of the volcano I guess um, trying to get this album that appears with the five fives, the four fives on it, four fives. Um, the rest of the band aren't happy with that though, and they manage to beat the the bodyguards up. Yeah. Uh, in order to knock Darkwood down in the volcano instead and save Stella, and yay, it's all good. Yes. Um, but that's not the end of it. That sounds like end. it should be the end of it. There's still two songs to go. Exactly. Because I thought that at that point, I thought they can't finish it there because there's still another two songs. Um, and it isn't the end of it. Mm. Um, so we've now had three, there's two parts of the story effectively. There's been the kidnapping. Yeah. There's been the spaceman coming and rescuing them. And I didn't mention actually uh, during um, uh, Voyager is also the funeral for the, the spaceman. Ah, they yes. take him off to the, the forest and they, they bury him and we see him disappear and ascend into the stars. Mm. It's very nice. It's, it's very nicely put together. Um, and then there's the beating of Darkwood, what Darkwood's all been up to, um, not going to the, the volcano, and then we get face-to-face, which is basically... The government, it appears, <laughs> working out how are they going to put the Crescent Dolls back into their alien personas and send them back off to the star system. Yeah, it, it's a it's a it's a head scratcher. <laughs> it's a weird twist at the end. 
Um, I think that they do kind of uh, have them being locked up in a room at some point for a while during this. But yeah, there's there's loads goes on to get them back to this thing and those wonderful discs that we mentioned at the start that would be a story point oh, brought yes. back into play so they can re-put their memories in and clean off the paint again yeah. without removing their underwear. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they send them back to their own planet mm-hmm. with the aptly titled Too Long to take next. It is a very long track. I think it's the longest song on the album. Yeah, I don't think it's too um, long, but it's pretty long. It's not too long, but it's pretty long. Uh, compared yeah. to all the other songs on there, it is a long song. Um, but yeah, that then takes them back to their own planet and everyone's been restored and everything's good again. And they're back on their home planet and they're playing concerts and it's all good. But Apart wait, there's something oh. more. <gasps> what happens next? Go on, I'll let you well, spoil the ending. <laughs> what happens next is uh, we cut into the bedroom of a child who is listening to this very album, Discovery, by Daft Punk, and he has toys of all of the characters that have been seen in this movie, and it was all just a Daft punk fueled dream. Oh, imagine that. <laughs> but mind you, I think if you fell asleep listening to this album, that is the type of Daft punk fuel dream you might have it might well happen yeah i think yeah. it's scientifically verified what was the yeah. was the tagline on the uh, human centipede posters 100 <laughs> percent medically accurate yes that's what interstellar 5555 is 100 medically accurate absolutely yeah if, if yeah. you listen to um discovery late at night on vinyl has to be on vinyl because um, that's how you get the hissing noise of the rain through it <laughs> and, and fall asleep, you will indeed have a dream like this where you're a spaceman traveling yes. through time and space. Uh, yeah. Um, it's great. And I think, I mean, that end bit where they, they do the show, all of the different toys, including the little mannequin thing that you talked about that he shows in the hologram mm, yeah. of the band playing. Uh, and I think every single character is there somewhere along the lines in different formats, including all of the aliens that we see being changed into pop stars. So you get loads of different things that are appearing in this guy's toy box. He's got a big toy box. That's like when, um, you know, when Star Wars came out and they'd done the toys of Han Solo and Chewbacca and Luke Skywalker and everyone, but the next movie was still a couple of years away. So like, oh man, what are all those weird aliens in the canteen? Yeah, yeah, I bet kids (laughs) will buy that. We'll buy anything, yeah. We'll yeah. just use them all. And we'll give them names that they didn't have in the film. Absolutely, but yes. We'll just call them things. It doesn't matter. What's that one look like? That looks like it's got a hammerhead. We'll call it hammerhead. For <laughs> <laughs> Since then, they've renamed them all, haven't they? But yeah. Have they? I didn't know that. That's... Oh, yeah. They've, they've all now got proper alien names. Oh, come on, man. If you, if you look on... Yeah. Wikipedia or something. Why can't the Star Wars universe embrace its innate darkness? Oh, oh, absolutely. I'm sure those those original toys were given much better names than they are now. Yeah. Because they're all just this they were what you saw. That one yeah. was a tooth sticking out. It's called Snaggletooth. Excellent. We'll call it that. <laughs> It'll work. That one's got a head like a hammer. Yeah, brilliant. Toy line <laughs> run by Roy Walker from TV's catchphrase. <laughs> see what you see. <laughs> 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 yeah um so yeah we get too long 
finishing off the album and it finishes with him lifting the needle and putting it away and the little yeah. boy gets a kiss goodnight and that's it. We go into credits with the uh, aerodynamic remix over the, the end credits all the way through. So when, I mean, you said you, you didn't catch this at the pictures. When did you I see this know. about? Um, the full film, I wouldn't have seen it until what, I think, oh, would it be 2003, which when it came out on DVD, or 2004 maybe when it came out on DVD? Right, right. Um, so I'd have seen bits of it. I'll have seen all of the, the singles, the videos for the singles, mm. as they were on TV or on MTV or whatever else. Um but just never got to see it at the cinema. I think it was such a limited release that unless you were there on the, the day, you just didn't get to see it. It's a shame because um, it's an absolute play loud kind of film, isn't it? You absolutely. want to see it yeah. with a proper sound system in a cinema. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it is... I don't even know if at the cinema it was shown in a a full format widescreen. Obviously, the DVD is a 4 by 3 ratio, and I think I found a version of it on... YouTube as well, and it's again, it's the four by three ratio. So I don't know if there is a widescreen version of it somewhere that exists. I don't know mm. if you can get that, or whether it was actually filmed in that four by three square ratio that the the classic anime was, I suppose. That it, it yeah, I think it, it felt like a tribute to me, but I, I didn't yeah. notice it that much because I just love four by three anyway. Yeah, I think it's lovely. Yeah, yeah, it, it looks, it it does, it looks nice in that nice square screen um it's just yeah. i suppose if it was meant for a cinema release you would have expected well, we've got to go for the whole widescreen job and make it look beautiful in that way but it is a homage to those old anime films as well so yeah it's best to do it in that format yeah. i mean i hadn't seen it at all before i did this episode all right okay and yeah. it's interesting watching it now it's quite a normal thing for a band particularly a band at that level uh, yeah. to do a visual album to have yeah. a, a film that lasts 50 or 60 minutes and plays every track on the album in order with yeah. visual accompaniment back in yeah. the early 2000s I can't think of anyone else who did that uh, do you know I mentioned them in our last podcast uh, oh. the, the yeah uh, infected they did a video and a film that went along with the the album Infected. And now, what it's year not... was that? God, that must be. Well, I might have to look it up on the internet. Hold on, let me look it up. But and was see that like get... late eighties, early nineties? Probably late eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can find some people who were doing similar things in the eighties, and some yeah. of the films like uh, Jerusalem by the Style Council or yeah. uh, It Happened Here by the Pet Shop Boys. We have done on pop screen, but yeah, of course, yeah. That seemed sorry. Petra Boys did it with uh oh what was that? What was that? It couldn't happen here. Couldn't happen here. Yeah, which I think is a great movie, by the way. I really love that film. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it it seemed like by the early 2000s that had been written off as a a kind of absolutely a thing yeah. that we did when music videos were starting that now looks a bit yeah. embarrassing. No one thought it would come back as, as far as no. I can remember. No. I mean, um, vi- videos were just still, I suppose, in the 80s, were definitely in their infancy, and it was something that you had to do mm. because if you didn't do a video and you couldn't make Top of the Pops, you the weren't going to be played. played. 
Yeah. End of that. And of course, then MTV appearing. Yeah. It was a case of we now have a, a visual medium for music. We need to have something on it. So you need to make videos so we can show something. Yeah. So um, it makes perfect sense for it to happen yeah. then. But in, in yeah. the early Norseys, I mean, I don't think even Gorillaz did anything like this. And you would think out of all the bands around them, they would be ideally positioned to do absolutely. it. Absolutely. Uh, Gorillaz released, um, oh, I'm just trying to think, because they did do videos for, obviously they did big videos for all of their songs. They released, they preferred to work with an interactive medium. So their yeah. website was set up in such a way that, you know, you could interact with the cast oh, of the, these animated things. You could walk around Kong Studios. Yeah. So Kong Studios was perfectly rendered as a website. Oh. And you could go around Kong Studios and it was built in such a way that you could go into the rooms of 2D and Noodle and whatever else and you could play with their stuff. Yeah. So, you know, you go into 2D's room and he's got an Atari ST there and you can play Atari ST games on their website. Yeah. It's a really bizarre thing. Or oh, Noodle's there and there's her guitars and whatever else were there. Yeah. Um, and with each successive then version of the gorillas that he brought out. So when he brought out the new album, he changed Kong Studios. Um, eventually with Plastic Beach, you know, the Kong Studios didn't exist anymore. You're on a, a beach somewhere and you've got different things going on. Um, yeah. So, and I think as they changed the website, they then released a DVD. Right. That would be, I guess, a storage of what it used to look like. So there is a DVD, um, I can't remember what it's called now, that was released just before Demon Days, which yeah. is kind of their retrospective on Gorillaz. Yeah. So you've got all the videos from the Gorillaz album with lots of bits in it. So you kind of, it's got a full interactive menu so you can go back through Kong Studios and you can see all the stuff that was there that was on the website yeah. and interact with the band in that way. It, it's, But I guess that was their clever way of doing what they wanted to do. Mm. You know, Chris that, Hugh, that sounds good because really so, yeah. I'm glad they released it on DVD because all, all the time you were talking, all I could think of was, I wonder how long that would take to download in 2001. <laughs> it's like, probably like full working week, really. Yeah, it, it was. I, I, I remember that the, the website was there and if you went onto it, there was so much on it. And yeah. there was because people would find different bits on it because it was full of Easter eggs effectively. Yeah. If you clicked on a tiny little pixel at the bottom of one of the screens, you'd suddenly be somewhere that you couldn't get to again. Yeah. Um, someone, you know, there was, I guess I had friends at the time that we were all doing the same type of thing, trying to get on this website. I guess, uh, well, I think what I was doing at the time, I was working on a support help desk on telephones. So, you know, mm. in between calls, you got a bit bored and we had access to the internet. So yeah. we'd, um, we'd try and do things like that. But, you know, People would find things. I found I found a way into the Murdoch's garage. You can get to all these cars. I was like, really? How'd you do that? So then we're all trying to find how to get the Murdoch's garage, and someone did it once, and then they couldn't remember how they did it. <laughs> so there's there was loads of things that were hidden in there that you couldn't quite get. But yeah, uh, a lot of it was released on this this DVD, which again is full of the same type of Easter egg stuff that mm. you can't get to some of the stuff that's on the disc unless you know exactly the right combination of things to do or the right things to press at the right time and it's yeah it's that are hidden away it's quite clever actually yeah 
But yeah, in terms of Interstellar 5555, it's like, I can understand why this didn't make more of a noise when it came out, despite yeah. the fact that Discovery was a massive hit album. Yeah. Because it is a type of pop movie that everyone assumed had become extinct. But yeah. nowadays, when you look at it in the light of, to pull another science fiction example out, when you look at it in the light of uh, Janelle Monáe's accompanying film for Dirty Computer, absolutely, it, yeah, you know, it fits in pretty well, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Janelle Monáe's um, albums—they're all. Based Massive very roughly on, kind yeah, of, yeah. It, it's it's basically it's Metropolis or a sequel to Metropolis, isn't it? Yes, where yeah. the, the original concept comes from. Um, it's very densely referenced to a lot of classic science yeah. fiction. Yes, yeah, it, it, yeah. That's a, that's a brilliant listen as well, actually. So <laughs> I adore Janelle Monáe. Yeah, yeah. Some, some wonderful music. Yeah, I've, I've yeah. got all those albums sitting. Just listen to them. They, they, just beautifully put together, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. But yeah, like I say, I hadn't seen this before, did enjoy nope. it. And yeah, it's um, it's quite nice to go back to because they, they did, I want to say split up, but it seems like a very dramatic way to describe two people not making yeah. music anymore. Really. <laughs> it's like they walked yeah, they away can... from each other, I guess. Yeah, they kind of, they did, um, uh, they did, R.A.M. and then they did Tron Legacy's soundtrack. Oh yeah, and then I think that was it. Mm. Obviously, they appear together in Tron Legacy. There's a section where they are there as the DJs in in whatever place it is in Tron that they're in. Yeah, um, and then that's pretty much it. I think that was when they walked away from each other and, as you say, split up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They they do have quite an interesting cinematic legacy for a band who, uh, I guess, are, are not really thought of as film stars. Not like no. no one's seen their faces, but no. um, yeah, I mean, in Tron Legacy, they they're there in their helmets, and yeah, that's all you see of them. So it's kind of their trademark, isn't it? But they have uh, several films they've composed. They also have another film that they directed, Electroma. I don't know if you've seen this. Oh, I don't think so, no. No. This is very hard to get hold of. I'd love to find a copy, but it's like it's a it's a minimalist road movie that seems to me like I mean, if this is them homaging the anime they grew up on, I did yeah. wonder if Electroma was meant to be their version of what the KLF movie, the White Room, would have been like if that uh, had ever yeah, got yeah. completed. Yeah. Because it's maybe I'm just reaching for that because there are only really two movies about <laughs> an enigmatic two-man house band yeah. driving through the desert. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, could be. I mean, they did um, a story about dogs, androids, firemen, tomatoes is basically the the videos of homework. Mm. So they had done films beforehand. I mean, all the videos for homework appear as that film. I think it's, oh, I can't remember the, the song, that, but one of the videos is the dog walking through New Defunk York. by Spike Defunk, Jones. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and that, that's called, that's a film called Daft. 
Right. Which is, right. is then a story about dogs, androids, firemen and tomatoes. Ah. I can't remember the tomatoes come into it, but um, <laughs> but that's basically, it's it's six of the songs from Homeworks. It's not the whole album. It's right. just six of them. It's the six singles, basically, right. put together as, as a film. Um, and there is a link between them all, but not quite in the same way as, as Interstellar. Interstellar is a definite, it's a story, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. interesting. I didn't know that existed. Yeah, it, it's it's out there. Again, I know about it because it's such a long title. You know, I like a long title. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it is literally, it's just the, the six videos. Um, but kind of spliced together in a way that it makes a, a story. Yeah. Um, the other yeah. movie that I guess is tangentially Daft Punk related is <laughs> the Johansson Loves film Eden, which I don't know if you're familiar I'm with. Not, no, no, I'm not. not Mia Hansen Love is a good director. Um, yeah. And she made a film called Eden, which is notable as one of the few like dramas about house music and DJing that isn't total dog shit i mean that is <laughs> it's, it's not an illustrious list no. <laughs> but it, it's based on uh the life of her brother who was a, a very hotly tipped dj in on the french house scene at around the same time as daft punk yep. emerged but he never broke through and he was like the the salieri to daft punk's mozart or the lewin davis to their bob dylan uh, and that's a really good film that's worth a watch yeah, I'll, I'll have to find that one and have to watch yeah and uh, an electroma as well if we can find it somewhere Do you I know i'd love to find electro as, as with so most strange. things you know there's probably it's probably there on YouTube. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's say I found Interstellar Five for Five. I found it on YouTube. The whole version is there. The whole film is there, and possible to watch for free. Um, there is a corner of the internet where every film exists, absolutely. and it's just it's just finding it. Just a case of trying to find it out there, isn't it? Um, yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to have a search for Electrum. If I find it, I will let you know where I find it. Um, Superb. It must be there somewhere. Uh, it's amazing the type of stuff that you find out there in, in the big world. Yeah. 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 So. I think, I think that's it. <laughs> I think that's covered it. Yeah. I think that's yeah. been a very comprehensive dive into yeah. uh, Install 5555. Yeah. Yeah. I would recommend it to anyone. It is. Yeah. If you can handle a film that has got absolutely no talking in it at all, so it's basically a silent movie, just with an album playing over the top of it then it, it's brilliant you just have to watch it to understand the story yeah because it's there <laughs> yeah so if you enjoyed that listeners uh you can get more pop screen by donating to our patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash the geek show where you'll also get our other movie podcast director's lottery and my twice weekly doctor who reviews but until then, uh, that's been your lot from the show. I've been Graham. And I've been Gav. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.